0: Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. Hello, my name is Micah, and I'm here with Corey, and we are continuing our conversation about values that we want to see as part of our our fellowship here at Emmanuel, the type of things that we want to be core and important to who we are as we continue doing life together. And if you were to look at the document that you can find on our Facebook page, you would see that there's a list of primary, we call them primary values and secondary. And really, that's another way of saying values uh, towards God. You know, how we will behave towards God and values towards each other. And we've been alternating back and forth in this series, and today we want to talk about a value towards each other.
1: And it's really, uh, to collapse it into one word, it would be generosity. So our value statement talks about be generous with time and money. And that gets us to a word that's tossed around in a lot of Christian circles, and I'm finding it outside of Christian circles a lot now, too. It's called stewardship. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that word mean to you, Micah? What, what does it mean to be a, a steward? Just like the word kingship we talked about in another podcast, people don't often relate to that. I don't know if steward, we don't use that word.
0: Yeah, I think the, uh, the last time I saw really used in our culture was in one of the Lord of the Rings movie, <laughs> which I'm not That's sure right. has <laughs> a whole lot of grounding in reality. Uh, to be a steward of something. Uh, now I have an uncle Stuart. A steward is something different. A steward of something means that I'm taking care of it while its rightful owner is away. Uh, I'm managing something for somebody else who will one day come back and expect to find it in good condition. Uh, and so when we say that we are a steward as a church of our time, of our life, of our money, of whatever, we it's in recognition that we aren't the true owners of any of this stuff that God is, and that someday Christ will return and expect that we have handled what he has trusted us with. Well,
1: so it's kind of like an owner manager kind of relationship where God's the owner and we're the managers.
0: Yeah. uh, Although in our culture, a manager is often looked on as somebody who's kind of a nitpicker and
1: well that describes us sometimes too, doesn't it?
0: I didn't want to go there. But stewardship, really the idea behind it is that uh, we love the thing almost as much or more than the original owner. So if I'm stewarding someone's dog, uh, I'm taking good care of it. I'm making sure it's not just being fed but being fed well, that it's being groomed and you know that and so that I can return the dog to the rightful owner in better condition. And that's that's the ultimate goal.
1: So let's think a moment for the different areas of stewardship or generosity. It's often been described to me as the three T's because you can kind of remember it a lot better, right? That we have to be generous with our time and our talent and our treasure. Yeah. So our time, quite obvious, to serve other people, to be able to give our time away. And that's a challenge in a culture where we have no margin, right? Does anybody feel like they have any time to give somebody else?
0: Well, I've been, look, I'm new to this whole parenting thing. Uh, my kid can barely walk around on their own right now. And already they're placing ridiculous demands on my time, uh, which I'm saying tongue in cheek. I love giving every second, but I can only imagine for young families who are trying to run around with 40 different uh, extracurricular activities plus work full-time jobs, people don't have spare time. It seems like anymore. A mm.
1: couple of the ways that it works itself out around here at Emmanuel Baptist would be number one is taking time to be involved in serving in our congregation. Mm. And that's a real challenge for some people. It's costly for, for many, but at the same time, we do want to be serving amongst our, our body. It takes, and it takes time to do that. So if you serve on a Sunday morning by, uh, coordinating the ushers or the greeters. It takes time to get people together.
0: Absolutely. Um, but
1: it's it's a real gift to our people. And we've got a whole host of volunteers. We talked about that one other time. A lot of unsung heroes around here at Emanuel who give of their time.
0: Yeah. And I feel like I should start rattling down a list of names right now. I'm not going to because I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, and I, that's almost worse. But... Listen. If you're if you're hearing us maybe for the first time, we want to say thank you to everybody who gives so much of their time because we know it's a sacrifice.
1: Mm. And that's that's giving our time to tasks. But there's also giving our time to people. Mm. And I want to celebrate too. There are a lot of people in our congregation. They go and they, they, they build connections with people who are struggling or lonely or shut-ins. We have to be generous with people and giving our time to them, spend time with them, uh, visit the sick, visit the lonely, uh, and also have time, especially, especially to give to people who don't know Jesus. Yes. Because it takes time building relationships with them. We're not the kind of church where we hand out tracts and give them to people and say, here, be on your way, read about this, and maybe you'll come to follow Jesus. No, we invest in their lives. We get involved. We weave ourselves into their lives. We spend yeah. time with them. Multiple conversations. A lot of hurdles to get over. But in spending time with them, uh, we find that they find the greatest gift, which is Jesus.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we talked about time, talents. Uh, That's closely. I guess we overlapped, yeah. Yeah, uh, and that is, you know, when somebody's been given a skill set by Christ Mm -hmm. to use it to further the kingdom. There's probably not a whole lot more that needs to be said about that. No. And then there's treasure, and that's one that in our culture we've often shied away from talking about.
1: Mm. And one of the great stories, the, the Bible's loaded with stories that speak about generosity when it comes to. Our resources, whether financial or the things that we own, uh, one of them that we like to point out is the story of the Good Samaritan, mm. where there was a man, a Jewish man who fell among robbers on a road that was a really risky road to travel and and so he was, lay there beaten and half dead. Three people went by, one was a priest, one was a Levite, and his two fellow Jewish compatriots they didn't do a thing. They walked by it says on the other side of the road, but a Samaritan a sworn, born enemy, he stops and he has compassion on him. And he is incredibly generous at each step of the way. Number one, taking his own personal risks of safety to stop and help the man because he didn't know if it was a trap or whatever. But then also he shared his resources Mm. with them. He shared with someone in need. And he went the extra mile at every turn, not just taking the man on his donkey to an inn, but paying for that man's stay and coming back and seeing later if there was anything else that was owed, that was that was a model story of generosity. Yeah, and one of the things that we need to do, if if we're going to be generous people, is to live simply, because in our culture, if you don't have a handle on your finances, and I, I'm not apologizing to people out there that don't. That are running short these days or living in poverty because I know that's a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck and really struggle with this because they would say, Well, what about me? I don't have any resources to share. Well, simple living for the rest of us means that we, if we were wise stewards and managers of what we had, that we would have something left over at the end of the week, something left over at the end of the month that we didn't have to spend 100 percent of what we had but that we would set some aside to be able to help people and be generous to them
0: yeah and uh, on that note it doesn't really matter the volume that you can give as as we look at what christ taught on this one of the the famous stories that stands out is jesus was in the temple one day and watching people come in and the way they did it giving money then there was a a bowl or a pot at the front uh, as you walked in or uh, at the back as you walked in and people would put their gifts in there and there were large gifts gifts of all size but then Jesus singles out a woman who put in a very very small amount uh, and highlighted that it was in proportion to what she was able to give a huge sacrifice so it doesn't really matter the, well I can give $10 this week or I can give $2 this week or I can give $10,000 this week it's that we are living in a way that we are being generous towards God, in the circumstances that he that we are in right now.
1: So one of the questions we have to ask when we come to this, although we can't spend a lot of time on it, is how do how do we get a handle on our finances? Mm. And so we we just have to simply look at what is coming in, yeah, and we have to carefully scrutinize our purchases and where our money goes and look for leaks in our financial boat and do our best at trying to plug them asking at each purchase do uh, do i really need this yeah right am i getting this just because everybody else has it or is this something that i could really use for god
0: and that is uh frankly an area that often People have felt judged in, Mm -hmm. and so let us just at this point say, look, this is something that you definitely need to figure out. This is a conversation between you and God, not not Micah going over your books and saying, well, look, this was an extra purchase that you didn't need. I I got no interest in doing that. Mm -hmm. But being wise with what God has trusted us with, and people might hear in the background a little bit of conflict of interest here well the only reason you care about that is so that there's enough coming into the church so that you guys you know get your paychecks and that kind of thing that's not at all what we're saying what we're saying is it is so easy to make money an idol in this culture that if we are not in the habit of tearing down that idol and keeping a handle on that stuff and and giving some away that it will very rapidly grow to consume our our thought and our our spiritual life, it'll become more central than it should.
1: The other motive for me is that I, I want to help my friends not to have the regret that they do. Mm. To be able to think about the choices they make on the front end rather than the back end. I was talking to a friend the other day and, and they were saying, oh, you know, I wish I could have back... the the choices that I have made and there was regret in their voice about some of the purchases and their lifestyle choices. And if they had to do it all over again, they wish they had done it differently. So I look at that and I say, well, how can I help people on the front end to make good choices rather than on the back end to feel regret? Because, well, I mean, that's just a much better feeling to feel challenged on the front end.
0: So uh, a couple of steps that, we find useful in my household is to ask the question, uh, is this a necessity or a desire? Uh, and then to ask the question, uh, d- will this move the kingdom forward or will it just feed my own ego and soul? And those two questions, when we're making purchases, we found to be pretty insightful. Right. Yeah.
1: Now on the other side of things, it's the being generous with our giving. And to me there, it it kind of radiates out from a priority of, of things. And so the first is to be generous towards God's kingdom work for me personally, that that is crystallized in the church. Mm. Uh, and that's why I do what I do. It's out of a conviction that, that is the way that God wants to work on this earth. I know there are lots of other great great causes out there, but I believe that the the first priority for me is the local church because I think that we do great stuff and I think that we are the greatest hope for overall community uh, transformation here because there's a sense in which we may not do it all well, but we do it all yeah. here. Like we do the discipleship. We do the evangelism. We do the worship. Every, every part of Christ's kingdom crystallizes in the church. And so for me, that's always been where it starts to be generous towards God's people. And then also right next to that, in the next kind of circle for me is being generous toward people in need. And we have a great, um, church that does I think both of those things are hardest to do both, and we have a benevolent fund here. Yeah. Michael, you've seen that benevolent fund in action for a long time. Now.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, after I was realizing this the other day, this just closed out my twelfth season of youth ministry here at Emmanuel, and over that time, the growth in the benevolent fund has just been—it's been mind-boggling. Uh, you know what we were working with when I first started. And you, everybody needs to know I've got nothing to do with this. I've, I've got, I don't touch it. I've got no ministry in it. I've got no oversight of it. I've just been blessed to see it grow and to see some of the work uh, that happens there. Uh, there are people who were kept warm through this last winter. Uh, because of the Benevolent Fund.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, I I know a number of people that were saved from eviction through a Benevolent Fund just this winter alone. Yeah,
0: I've seen kids, like little babies, get food because of the generosity of the people here at Emmanuel. Mm. And roofs, you know, as you said, saved from eviction. People stay in their homes. Food goes in cupboards. Mm. I mean, that's just such a, a transforming, practical outworking of the love of Christ. Mm. And uh, it's just always great to see.
1: And really, the the word that I would use to describe our people in respect to the Benevolent Fund is generosity. But you can also be generous toward your neighbor yeah. that's struggling or maybe somebody that you meet. That uh, God gives us opportunities for generosity at each turn. We have to be sensitive to them. Now, we can't do it all, but we can do what God's calling us to do. Absolutely. And this this journey toward generosity is... We're always going to be uh, far away from it. It's uh, it's a, it's not an impossible task, but we're always going to have room to grow. In
0: it. Yeah. Well, Corey, any uh, last thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, the, just the fact
1: that this is one of the time and time again is one of the touchiest issues that people Absolutely. outside the church have and people inside the church have, and I. I would love to say that this really wasn't about money at all, but many people think that that's the alternative motive behind it all, but really it's all about how can I be the the most devoted disciple of Jesus that I can. And I'm not ashamed to talk about stewardship as it relates to every area because that's what Jesus did. Yeah. He, he talked about giving, giving God our best, our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he didn't have a problem talking about giving, even when it came to finances. He talked about it a lot.
0: Yeah, he sure did. In fact, he often talked to religious people about it almost more. And that that should be a sign to us that this is an issue that we need to take seriously. It's one of
1: the ways, maybe one of the most important ways, that we can be salt and light in our world. Wouldn't it be great if our community looked at Emmanuel Baptist Church and said, There's a bunch of generous people yeah i think that they would say that wow there's something about them and you know what the good news is we're getting that in our community yeah so you're doing great emmanuel let's keep going let's keep growing in that
0: well uh i totally agree with everything that was just said so god bless you and have a great day well hello my name is micah and i'm here with Corey, and uh we're talking about Something today.
1: <laughs> I shouldn't have started that way, should I? Yeah. No, that's perfect. It's yeah.
0: better to have laughter. Okay. <laughs> Just
1: making you, you looked stressed. I wanted to help you get relaxed there, so started off that way. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll have a cup of bad tea here. I made some orange Pico tea.
1: Well, I'm definitely not gonna give you a massage rub.
0: Good. <laughs> you stay on that side of the table.
1: <laughs> like who buys this book? Youth Ministry Management Tools.
0: Yeah, that's that's a youth pastor who realizes that.
1: Do you know, I know any youth pastors that actually like have care about you know management tools?
0: Y- you might know one.
1: That's crazy. He,
0: he might be sitting across the table from you. I, <laughs> I will point out that I bought the first volume of that book, and that is the second volume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the first one didn't take. Did
0: no, the first one didn't take.
1: Youth ministry management tools. That's. Uh, I don't think that that's a number one bestseller seller amongst youth pastors. I just can't you see. would
0: be shocked. Yeah. We're all trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Pay for effort. Yeah.